Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafei, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VSEN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abbafei alongside Mike Pritchard here on this Friday morning. Pritch, of course, filling in for Michael Lombardi. Pritch, though. Former NFL wide receiver, first-round draft pick, played nearly a decade in the NFL and is a national champion with the Colorado Buffs in the early 90s. Pritch, how we doing, man? Doing well, family. Great to be with you here on the Friday on Lombardi Line. Couldn't wait till Friday got here because I know we're right around the corner, actually right in front mm-hmm. uh, of the bulk of the National Football League reporting. So uh, exciting times, man. Exciting times. Our weekends are pretty much our weekday. Uh, is going to be filled with with football, nonstop football for the next few months. Well, that's music to my ears. All right, you know, I mean, right? like we're, we're doing football the rest of the way here, all the way until <laughs> mid February. That's the oh, yeah. that's the best time, and as far as I'm concerned, to be a sports better. But we're gonna have a lot of fun over these next two hours. Make sure to tweet at the show at Veasan Live on Twitter at mi Pritchard is where you can find Pritch at Femi Abebefe is where you can find me. Coming up though, we have two guests. In the second hour, 60 minutes from now, Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame oddsmaker at the South Point Hotel and Casino, will join us to talk about what they're seeing behind the window. What are those NFL futures looking like? We'll ask Vinny. Also, the Open Championship going on at Royal Liverpool, the 151st Open Championship. We'll get his thoughts on how people have been betting that across the pond. Then at 1.30 Eastern, 10.30 Pacific, Connor Allen, sports betting manager over at 4 for 4 Football. Connor's got an interesting take on season-long player props. Mm-hmm. We'll get those thoughts from Connor and also see what he's been betting in terms of team futures and season win totals as well here. But, Pritch, we have to start with the big news from the National Football League that broke yesterday afternoon. We didn't get a chance to talk about this during the morning show, but it's a new day in our nation's capital with the Washington Commanders. They might not be the Commanders for very long. We'll get into that as well, yeah. but... The sale has been made official. Josh Harris is now the owner of the Washington Commanders. $6 billion paid to Daniel Snyder Mm. as Daniel Snyder. Good riddance. No longer (laughs) the face of the Commanders organization. Well, I tell you, he did one thing right, and that was compound his uh, investment right there, right? I mean, (laughs) gee whiz. But uh, no, that dark cloud is gone now over that Mm -hmm. organization. Uh, A proud organization. Really one of the pillars of, of the National Football League, if you think about it. And um, I had some friends, some people uh, in the area. Uh, and they are relieved. They are happy. Uh, new days. It, the chance to reset, right? The chance mm-hmm. to start to get it right. The chance to move forward from a dark time, a very dark time with this guy as an owner uh, there with the commanders. And, and so, um, you know, you're excited about the organization. You're excited about the league. You're excited about the growth of the league, certainly as a former player and, and a card-carrying member. I'm very excited mm-hmm about the league increasing its footprint and revenue and, and growing the game globally, not just uh, in, our, in, in our country. You know, it's funny. We talked about this on the GM Shuffle podcast yesterday with Michael Lombardi, mm-hmm. and I brought up the point that it was kind of interesting that the owners' meeting was in Minneapolis to approve this sale because the last time the commanders had a big, joyous day was when they won the Super Bowl right. against the Buffalo Bills, Super Bowl twenty six, which also took place in Minneapolis. So it's kind of like an interesting kind of symbolic favor of like, hey, this was the last time this team was thought of as like this great organization, this great franchise, and now they go through all the Snyder years, and now they come out on the other end, hopefully with better days ahead for at least the Washington Commanders. Femi, I I can tell you that 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 91 
Washington team, uh, Rippin and all those guys, I, I think, hands down, probably the best Super Bowl team uh, to ever have, that we've ever had. I, I mean, I've talked to Mark Schlereth, who was on that team. We've yep. done um, uh, programming together for a number of years, and um, he was just a pup on that team, too. But, I, I mean, from 1 through 45, <laughs> they were loaded. Uh, yeah. and, and so the organization, the ownership, and the, what they were able to establish in the 80s, as we all know if you study the game, but then that just kicked off the decade of the 90s, man. And uh, that team, again, I, I put that team up against any other Super Bowl team out there. Uh, that's how powerful they were. But then uh, to think about what Daniel Snyder had uh, in terms of coaches, in terms of the direction he could have taken that franchise, uh, he crushed it in terms of, devastating that franchise, right? Not crushed mm -hmm. it in a good way. Uh, but I, I think Washington has time to recover. Obviously, new ownership and a new message in that building uh, certainly can help out. Yeah, I, th I think just what he did to that fan base, oh. I think it's, it's, it's borderline criminal, right. honestly, what right. he did, because like, that was such a proud fan base, a proud organization, so many historic teams that they had. Mm -hmm. That 91 team you talk about, Aaron Schatz of football, I guess no longer with Football Outsiders, but he used to be at Football Outsiders, and he, they were always the number one team in their DVOA rankings of all the Super Bowl teams. Oh. Like He always talked about that 91 Washington team being one of the great ones that we don't really talk a ton about because they were never a dynasty, uh, but they were an awesome team. And fast forward to now to mm -hmm. where Daniel Snyder takes over this thing, and, and it just goes in the absolute dumps. Nikki Jabala, who covers the team over for the Washington Post, she put out the stats on Daniel Snyder's tenure, and it's absolutely atrocious. So <laughs> he obviously owned the team for a little over 24 years, mm -hmm. 386 games. They had a 42% win percentage, 10 coaches, six playoff berths, four division titles, four federal investigations, two NFL investigations, three attorney general investigations, three team names, 27 starting quarterbacks, only two all pros. <laughs> that, is, that is in 24 years. Yeah, yeah. Safe to say he did not make a contribution to the game of football in a positive <laughs> like, way, right? The guy's, the guy's mean, a net negative. Yo, very other, negative. other than his profits. Yeah, well, the profit, uh, <laughs> outstanding, certainly, from that standpoint. But Nikki uh, Javala, she covered the Broncos. I know her very, very well. She's outstanding, a journalist. And um, you think about what she covered with the Broncos with Pat Bolin, uh, mm -hmm. for a number of years. And the reason why he's a Hall of Famer is because he had more playoff appearances than losing seasons, right? When you yeah. have a strong message from the tippy top, uh, your organization is going to be successful. It doesn't really matter what, what you do. Uh, but when you have a negative message or, or something that's just ugly, uh, like Daniel Snyder was for mm -hmm. a long time, then, then it turns into what uh, Nikki just outlined right there. From your perspective, because I know you have gone through a situation to where the owner changed mm -hmm. while you were with the team in Seattle. What is that like for the players? And I guess how do we kind of spin that forward to the betting side of this? Like, is this? I'd assume this is a positive. Maybe it doesn't come to fruition on the field, but just the general vibes right. now having a new voice as the leader of the organization versus what they had in the past. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think, like I mentioned, a strong message from the top family is everything. Um, you know, the Bering family owned the Seattle Seahawks when I was there, and they, the longtime owners and. Um, you know, it was okay. We were in Kirkland. Uh, we had camp at a women's college in Kirkland, mm -hmm. uh, but it was Kirkland, right? It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kirkland's very nice Kirkland, for those who are not familiar right. with the Pacific Northwest. Sure, but the facilities <laughs> weren't, you know, it was a women's college for training camp. Yeah. Uh, and then you fast forward to Paul Allen, uh, who was a billionaire, walking in uh, to the building. Uh, and so now you, what you see of the Seattle Seahawks, that was Paul Allen, you know, mm -hmm. and the new stadium going out of the kingdom, just tearing that thing down and, uh, okay, facilities out in Renton now, and I um, mean yep. state of the art. Uh, so uh, I think when you have a shift in ownership that wants to go first class, wants to provide anything and everything necessary for that team to be successful, uh, it pays off. You know, we and not to nix this at all. I mean, we we flew charter uh, with with the Bering family, and you know, you charter Delta, whatever. But mm -hmm. you know. Paul Allen said, I got a plane for you guys, <laughs> you know? And so the Seahawks have their own private plane and, and all that. So, I mean, all those little luxuries and those things, I mean, you know, flying free agents, you know, private jet as opposed to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, commercial or whatever with a particular airline. Southwest right? flight. Exactly. We could go there. We could. Or No shade <laughs> to Southwest, by the way. <laughs> no shade, no. If you want to be a sponsor, please. That's right. That's <laughs> right. But, you know, hey, private's private. Um, but, no, I, I think – uh, when you have attention to detail that way and you're meticulous like that as an owner uh, and you want your players to understand that, then you're conveying a message that, okay, for us to be successful, 
you have to be just as meticulous. You have to be mm -hmm. just as prideful. You have to be uh, just as first class as I want to be with this organization. So I think from an ownership standpoint, that's everything. If you got a lot of shenanigans, then you know what you got? You have disorganization trickling all the way down into the locker room. And I think it's just from a general vibe standpoint, like players want to be in a place where they feel good. I think we all do, mm -hmm. where, whatever our jobs is. Whenever you're in a job where you feel good about your surroundings, you feel good about the company, like you're going to get that extra effort just even subconsciously. Right. Guys are going to put in that extra time because like, oh, I, I like this. I feel invested in this area. Like I want to be a part of this versus if it's a bad situation, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. they might just go to work and be like, ah, dude, I'm just cashing a check. Yeah, you know, right, right. Like, like that might be the mentality. Sure, absolutely. I mean, here at Beeson, you know, giving us the tools for us to be successful. I mean, yeah. there's Look at no, this place. I mean, exactly. It's, it's there's awesome. no doubt, right? I mean, you feel good about coming to work? As, as, <laughs> as, it, it makes a difference, believe me. I mean, yeah. if you were in a closet, Femi, you, your performance would not be that good, right? <laughs> Just cash the checks at that point. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, some organizations, they want you to be in the closet. And, you know, as, better, uh, as a better, you can really identify that. I mean, uh, I, I think there's such a distinct uh, advantage, I think, moving forward as a better with this organization, Washington, and what this new ownership group wants to do and what they want to represent. So uh, we'll see. You know, I think Rivera uh, is probably under the microscope uh, big yep. time. Uh, and, and so, you know, on the field product, it, it has to represent what this investment has been for this ownership group, what, $6 billion. Uh, yeah. they, they want dividends. They want results uh, quick, fast, and in a hurry. I think internally it's going to make a difference, but I think also externally mm -hmm. for the commanders it's going to make a difference because I think from the betting side of things, over the last four to five years, when we've talked about commanders' home games, it's like, oh, we don't need to bake in any home field advantage because right. their fans don't even show up. They play the Eagles. It's 60% Eagle fans. They play the Cowboys. It might be 65% Cowboy fans. They play the Giants. You know, it's like now I'm curious to see, especially week one when they host Arizona. Right now they're six-point favorites in that game. Okay. Is this going to be a legitimate home field advantage? Like, are the commanders fans who people say they don't have that many fans? No, they do no, have they fans. Do. They've just been dis like they've just been pissed off yeah. and they didn't want to give any money to Dan Snyder. If those fans come out of the woodworks and start to actually get behind this team, does that elevate them, especially in those home games where they haven't really had an advantage over the last five years? Yeah, I can speak uh, firsthand. RFK was home field advantage. Yeah. I mean, just getting there. Uh, then on top of that, uh, going out there and playing in that stadium. Uh, but I think Washington, they, they want a new stadium as well. And, yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton of fans out there. If they You got to win. You know, if, mm -hmm. if ownership's ownership. But if you're not winning, fans aren't going to show up. But if yeah. you start to win, uh, that fan base uh, certainly will support the sports team. It's a new day in our nation's capital. Josh Harris now the majority owner of the Washington Commanders. On the other side, it's the segment that everyone's been waiting all week for. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell nah. Coming up next here on the Lombardi Live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafei, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. We're rolling along here on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard here breaking things down on a Friday morning. NFL training camps, Pritch, have begun. We're, mm-hmm. not, we're not all 32 teams yet. We mm-hmm. have to wait till July 25th before we have all 32 teams with the rookies and veterans at camp. But the New York Jets reported for camp earlier this week. And Pritch, they practiced yesterday. Like That's where <laughs> we're at now. We have football players yep. running around on football fields, catching passes, making blocks. It's a beautiful time here on the calendar right now, sitting here on July 21st. But with Jets practice, Mm -hmm. we also get to hear from the New York Jets. And we got to hear from QB1, their new QB, Aaron Rodgers. And he talked about, hey, the expectations are high, and we're going to go ahead and embrace that after practice yesterday. Yeah, it's energy. I love being around the young young energy, that excitement. Um, There's there's a great feel to this team of guys who – are young and super talented on their first contract. Many of them, obviously Q just got paid, but uh, when you have so many great players and on rookie deals, it's pretty exciting knowing you can do something. You got a good window. Uh, you know, it's not just a one year thing where you can be competitive, which is fun. Well, expectations are high and he's also excited about the young players. And he mentions this is not just a one year thing. Oh, hell yeah, or oh, hell nah, the Jets are going to exceed expectations in 2023. Oh, hell yes. I mean, Let's go. night and day. That was night and day. Didn't he have rookie young players in Green Bay? <laughs> Just last year. <laughs> but was he, what was he doing to those guys? Oh, these guys better step it up. They better, <laughs> they better start understanding what we do around here. Remember those comments? Yeah, looking at you, Romeo Dobbs. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was night and day. But he's been there, though. He's been invested. Mm-hmm. Before, he was in Hawaii hiking, I think. Yeah. Um, Ayahuasca, know. doing whatever he <laughs> doing was up to. whatever. But he's been invested with, with this young group of talented players, like you mentioned, and, uh, and he likes it. It's a fresh message. And so you have a legendary Hall of Fame quarterback that is motivated. To me, that mm-hmm. equals success. Uh, it should. Uh, now, I, I'm also understanding the schedule. I'm also understanding the newness factor and – I mean, you you look at minus 140 right now to make the playoffs or, or whatever uh, angle you want to use to bet the Jets. Maybe they stumble out the block. I'm hoping that they do. Same. Right? I'm hoping just from a Warren Buffett standpoint, yep. I want value. <laughs> I want value on this guy. Now and you're speaking my language. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you got the Bills, the Cowboys, the Patriots. Okay, please, please stumble because I want to see a better price when you start getting it together. Kind of like Brady, the back half of the year, they won the Super Bowl. Once they start getting it together and all on the same page, that thing is going to look spectacular, in my opinion. So um, I'm waiting. I haven't pounced. I, I don't know if I want to you know, get involved in euphoria right now uh, with the Jets. But no, a motivated Hall of Fame quarterback that is happy to be someplace, mm-hmm. that to me spells success. Montana, uh, Brady, 
Peyton Manning, Warren Moon, um, uh, all these Hall of Fame quarterbacks yeah. in waiting that changed teams later on in the career, those type of guys uh, had success that, that followed. I think engaged is a good word to say with Rodgers. Like, he mm. seems like he's engaged and he's dialed and, like you said, motivated. Because I think at times last year, you could point to saying, is he all the way in <laughs> on this? You know, like, because we knew that he had the beef with Mark Murphy, the CEO of the right. Bay Packers. And I get that he had the two MVP seasons in 2020 and 2021. But there was still that underlying kind of friction there between pa- Rodgers and the Packers organization to where, I don't think he was all the way in. And you look at his numbers, I mean, there was a decline. Now, you can point to Devontae Adams going to Las Vegas and mm-hmm. having those young guys and all that stuff. But, I mean, 3,600 passing yards, 26 tees, 12 interceptions, right. which I believe is the most in his career, I want to say. I know, actually, he had more in 2008, his first year as a mm-hmm. full-time starter. He had 13 that season. But he's usually a single-digit interception guy, 12 of them. That goes to show you that like he quite, wasn't quite himself, especially in that Week 18 game against Detroit to where he was throwing some bad interceptions when it was a win-and-in situation for them to try to get to the playoffs. Yeah. If he's engaged and he goes back to what we saw two, three years ago to that MVP level, I think this Jets team has a really high ceiling. Like You mentioned the start. Mm-hmm. I'm right along with you. I hope they start 3-3, three and 2-4 three, and four, so that I can bet them to win the division bet them to make the playoffs, maybe even bet them to win the Super Bowl because I think you're going to get some inflated numbers there when everyone's kind of freaking out about what's going on with Gang Green, why can't they win? But, man, when's the last time you heard Rodgers speak like that and be positive and glowing and all that stuff? It's been a while, I feel It's been a a few minutes, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Um, You know, it's much like the Rams, you know, when when Stafford got there. You know, Mm -hmm. it wasn't looking like a Super Bowl-caliber team uh, at, at, you know, through the season, the beginning of the year, and all of a sudden it got hot. You know, go back at, before that, I mentioned Tom Brady. Remember the four you thought of national TV? <laughs> yeah, four the Bears, yeah. They were looking horrible, right? And then they got hot uh, after a bye. Um, look at Rodgers last year with the Packers. Even though the strife that he's had with this organization uh, and, and his players, the young players, his pups he couldn't relate to, uh, at the back half of the year, or not half, but back quarter of the year, December on, this team got hot. Mm. You know, and they had a legitimate chance of making the playoffs. They made a push, and uh, and to me, I, you know, that that's about Rodgers being in on in sync with the with the teammates and the players, and he's already there uh, with this group. And I think from a defensive standpoint, with Robert Sala and what he's established, um, I think you know Q, like like Aaron said, getting his money. There's happy mm-hmm. people in that locker room, and now they're looking across the locker room and seeing a Hall of Fame quarterback. That brings confidence uh, mm-hmm. to a happy group of, of talented players. So I, I like everything that profiles about the Jets right now. That schedule, though, the newness factor, I'm understanding that as a better, and like, like we just talked about. I mean, if we can get a better number because of, uh, of you know, maybe some bumps in the road, okay, we're buying the lower, right? We're, yep. we're, we're getting more value there, and I think <clears> that could happen. One player who's very happy that Aaron Rodgers is with the New York Jets is Garrett Wilson, who last year was getting it out the mud with Zach Wilson and Mike White throwing him the football here. Here's what Garrett Wilson had to say after Jets practice yesterday about Rodgers now throwing him the football as QB1. Uh, yeah, bro. That boy is cold. So, like, every time, real, he, he puts it on the money. And um, I don't know, it's still a little, a little uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a little um, surreal, you know, to have him throwing the ball. It hasn't sank it all the way in yet. But uh, it will, and, and I'm about to go get used to it. It'll just be where the ball's at. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I hasn't really uh, – I haven't thought about it too much, but it, it kind of always is. I ain't going to lie. He's, you know, that first pass and all the way till now, it's still like that's Aaron throwing That's a dot, you know. It's just the reality of it. It's special. <laughs> it's a dot. Yeah. It's a Man. dot. You couldn't say that last year. No. <laughs> Zach Wilson throwing the ball. So, Pritch, Garrett Wilson will go over his receiving prop – of 1,150 and a half yards. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell no. Um, oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I have this guy in my top 20 mm-hmm. uh, already, and that was, you know, understanding what his game is all about, but how Aaron Rodgers can elevate his game. You, you know, um, it's just different from a quarterback like this. You know, growing up and, and then certainly playing college football in Colorado, you know, you watched Elway. Oh, hell, Elway, Elway came to our games, right? Um but it wasn't until I got to training camp and started catching passes from Elway that I understood what the three amigos was, you know, embracing and, and, and enjoying, mm-hmm. right? You know, I talked to Mark Jackson a, a lot, Vance uh, Johnson, a, a lot about this, you know, uh, and just catching the rock from this guy and, 
and, and how different it was. And there's no knock on Chris Miller or Billy Joe Tolliver or Wade Wilson or Bobby Avery and all these other quarterbacks, <laughs> right? Um, but it was just it's just different. You you smile at the podium like Garrett did the yeah. entire time talking about this type of quarterback. So uh, you have no other choice, too, as a receiver but to step up your game. Because if you don't, you get exposed, especially with a quarterback the caliber of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, because it's, it's no longer like, oh, well, he didn't get the ball because Zach Wilson or he didn't get the ball because Mike mm. White. Now it's like, well, we all think Rodgers is really good. Right. So if you're not getting the ball, you're not getting open. Yeah. Well, or, here, or you're not doing something correct. Here's really the opportunity that Garrett has, too, for me, because – if you get on the same page with Aaron, he's going to feed you. Remember yep. Christian Watson got on the same page, and they started mm-hmm. feeding him. So uh, the thing about quarterbacks and that trust factor that you establish as a wide receiver is when they're in trouble, they're looking for you. Or if they need mm-hmm. a big play, they're looking for you, and they're going to tell you that. Um, and, and, you know, if they can see your break point and anticipate you and you're working hard and they, they understand you like the back of their hand, they are going to feed you the, the ball. And, and I think Garrett's going to start to understand that uh, really early uh, in training camp. Rogers said that this 17 reminds me of that 17, referencing <laughs> Devontae Adams. And Rogers and Adams had that connection very yeah. early on. And then Adams, I mean, obviously he's a terrific player. Wilson can be just as good. Yeah, like, He can be just as good because we saw him win Offensive Rookie of the Year a season ago with bottom-tier quarterback play. And he's just scratching the surface on yeah. his career there, what he can do with this new Can I get a whole hell yeah from you? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> we'll continue this on the other side. Yes. There's two other topics I want to get your thoughts on. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell nah. It's a oh, hell yeah. You're going to stick around with Lombardi Line here on VCV Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. The NFL betting guide is out now, and our college football guide is coming in just a couple weeks. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get all the tools to prep for the college and NFL seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on futures and season win totals. Sign up before the end of July and receive both guides and full VEASAN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl at an early bird discount of $175. This is an absolute steal. It almost should be illegal. Or sign up on a monthly subscription and get your first 30 days for only $19 to see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. This offer ends July 31st, 10 days from now. So don't miss out on these preseason deals. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. He's Mike Pritchard. I'm Femi Abebefe. Uh, both of us wrote for the NFL betting guide, Pritchard giving the player's perspective. I wrote some stuff about NFL awards. I have three awards bets that you can check out over at the guide. Once again, VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Uh, I'm very excited for this college football betting guide yeah. that's coming out here because college football, that's a sport that I don't follow year round mm-hmm. like the NFL. So I need the guide. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yeah. know, like this is out of necessity. I need the guide to help prep and figure out, all right, who's going to be really good? I'm, my Washington Huskies, there's a lot of optimism on Mont Lake. I almost think too much optimism. I'm a little scared because yeah. everyone wants to be on the bandwagon for them to win the Pac 12. But college football is coming before we know it and get the guide. Man. Well, yeah, absolutely. I'm getting a guide, even though. Um, I didn't participate in the guide as a national champion, yes. as an MVP of guy's a national got a championship ring. team. I'm surprised I didn't get a call uh, at all, but that's okay. That's okay. I went wire to wire. With Anybody George- else win a natty here? <laughs> I went wire to wire with Georgia a couple of years ago, by the way, uh, and cashed a ticket or two. So that's okay. I'll read the all, guide and, and, yeah. and compare my notes to what's in the guide. <laughs> <laughs> a salty print here on a Friday. <laughs> hey, but you're a champion, and champions always get the last word. <laughs> so yes. we'll leave it yes. at that. Um, let's continue our oh, hell yeah, oh, hell nah here on the Lombardi line. And we wanted to have this discussion because I think it's really interesting, and I want to get your perspective of it because I do the GM Shuffle podcast with Michael Lombardi. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. So I get the front office point of view mm-hmm. about how these things go, but I want the player's point of view here. And for this one, both, obviously, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and even Tony Pollard. You can throw him into this mix right. as well, although he signed the franchise tender. All three of those guys were not able to reach agreements on long-term extensions for their teams earlier this week at Monday's deadline. But now, for Barkley and Jacobs, they can miss all of training camp without getting fined because they have yet to sign the franchise tender. Mm-hmm. So, I ask you, Pritch, I guess I more so say, that both Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs 
will play week one. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell no. Nah. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, that's $10 million. And, and also, um, you want the chance to uh, be different next year uh, and, and mm. certainly capture that security like both of these guys want to do. I mean, it's, no, it's not about the dollar amount. It's really about, okay, I want more than one year contract. Yeah, security. You know, nobody's really talking about that. It, imagine, you know, look, you're in the prime of your career and you have a one-year contract. I don't care what you're doing. You're not going to feel secure about that, are you? Like, you would want three, four, five years if you could get it. Uh, and, and so, you know, the money is going to be representative of that, too. Here's really under the surface what's going on. The new CBA is not until 2030. Mm-hmm. What these owners have discovered, uh, and they go to these meetings, and, and I'm sure they talk about it, is they know how to devalue players now. Mm. Remember Lamar Jackson? franchise tag and Baltimore wasn't even worried about him right Mm -hmm. because you know what collectively the owners and some outspoken owners and certainly GMs they were like we don't we're not interested in Lamar what does that do for him as free agent you know he wasn't a free he was tagged but what does that do for his market it crushes it it's gone uh there is no market so he could only negotiate with Baltimore pretty much and Baltimore got him at the number that they wanted to Mm -hmm. what are the owners doing now they did not allow the two top players at one position to become free agents. Why? Because they tagged them. Because those two players as free agents in March, April, early during the free agency period would have reset the market, right? But we don't want to do that. We don't want to pay running backs that much. We're overpaying them, we think. So let's tag them. Let's control it. Uh, And so that's what these players are up against. Now, could that permeate and move on to other positions? Perhaps. You know, I think the wide receivers got out in front of it a few years ago. A.J. Brown, McLaurin, and all these guys. Christian, Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, all these guys. So, no, we want new contracts right now. Because they got in front of the fact that, no, we want to keep resetting the market. Um, and, and that's really what the players are fighting and what the NFLPA needs to recognize is that the owners, it, it's no different than business one-on-one. And we just all went through it uh, with COVID. Um, how do, when you have pent-up demand, I'm an economist. When you have mm-hmm. pent-up demand, what do you do? You cut supply. You know why? Because you can raise prices, right? Mm. So if you have uh, an overvalued situation, well, you know, you need to minimize that. You need to cut the market if you can. You need to affect the market if you can uh, in order to keep your costs down. Uh, and so that's what these owners are starting to do. And, you know, I, I think as betters, you know, being conscious of it is one thing. The players are going to become more and more conscious of it. Um, and once that happens, we're already seeing Martin Saying, look, I'm yeah. underpaid right now. He wants his money. He wants his money because he, he, they know this. The players are starting to get wise to the fact that the owners have no problem publicly devaluing positions right now because they don't want to overpay. Yeah. You, you kind of have to force the hand a little bit. There. Right. I mean, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. We saw Ezekiel Elliott do it. He Because they had Dak Prescott to sign. They had Amari Cooper mm-hmm. to sign. They had all these guys that were, they were kind of talking to. And then Zeke just said, no, I'm going to jump the line. I'm going to hold out. Pay me my money. Right. Right, like the minute he was eligible for an extension, and then Dallas ended up caving and paying him his money. So for Zeke Elliott, it worked out. Now they've since released him, which is probably why teams now say, "Well, look at Dallas; they paid Zeke Elliott. He fell off. Why would we ever pay one of these guys a second contract?" Right? Which I think is probably the real unfair part of this with running backs, because yeah. the prime of your career as a running back is right as you enter the league mm-hmm. when you're it 22, is. 23 years old, and at that time, just based on the CBA since 2011 you are not able to actually negotiate a higher salary. Like, every contract is slotted based on where you get drafted. So when you're a rookie, it's like, okay, well, I just got to sign this deal to get my foot in the door, and then, all right, I'm going to lead the league in rushing for three Mm -hmm. to four straight years. Well, what happens is either you come to an agreement with your team or if you actually get to that final year, like a Saquon Barkley or like a Josh Jacobs, they franchise tag you. And the tag is the average of the top five salaries, which if nobody's getting a ton of money, the tag's not going to be a lot. Right. We know the quarterback market is going to get reset all the time. And it's the most valuable position. And I don't know, the highest paid quarterbacks, they don't always get to the Super Bowl, right? No. Um, So here we go with this notion or this narrative that why overpay for a running back? They don't win Super Bowls. Okay, yeah. neither do quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you overpay for Kirk Cousins? What, what did he win you? <laughs> exactly. Uh, he threw short of the downs in the final play of a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, the highest paid <laughs> running backs uh, in the league right now, McCaffrey, uh, Henry, uh, used to be Mixon, but, you know, he renegotiated, uh, restructured. Um, Jones up in Green Bay. Uh, you got Chubb, too. Uh, these guys mean everything. Kamara, all these guys mean everything to their offenses. You know, Barkley... 
pretty much means everything. He's the best offensive player on the Giants. Right, right. You know, Josh Jacobs. Uh, I, I would make an argument that without him, I think the Raiders take a step back, you know, uh, offensively. Because he synced with that offensive line, and that offensive line got better with Josh Jacobs running a rock behind them. And so I don't know why the owners wanted to value this position. Um, it's fascinating, but as more and more players wise up, you're, you're going to see the Zach Martins, you're going to see more and more guys at key positions starting to say, look, I, I'm trying to get out in front of when you have leverage. When I have leverage, I'm going to exercise that leverage and try to get a new contract. And I guess on the owner's side of things, they're probably looking at it saying, well, the shelf life for these guys is not very long because it's a violent position. And it is like no other position is taking 20 to 25 hits at full speed contact every single game. So once you hit 30, you're probably not going to be as great of a player. Derrick Henry is kind of an outlier, but even he started to kind of slow down just a touch here. But my thing is that I think the worst thing an NFL team can do is to overpay one of these mid tier quarterbacks, like paying a running back that ends up falling off a cliff. Yeah. Like, for the Dallas Cowboys, it sucks that you paid Zeke Elliott all that money, and then he ended up not being the guy that he was on his rookie deal. But if you pay Kirk Cousins, or maybe you even throw Dak Prescott into that conversation mm-hmm. as well, if you pay those guys top-tier money, I think that more so hampers you being able to actually build a really good team versus paying the running back. Like yeah. these, these mid-tier quarterbacks, I think, are kind of sliding under. Like, paying Daniel Jones all that money, oh. why? Right. Why? That's what Saquon's saying. <laughs> you, you can't replace 14 <laughs> touchdown passes? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, what are we doing? You should, you franchise tagged the wrong person, basically. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, he's, Daniel Jones is not valuable. I'm no, sorry. He's no, not. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Uh, and, you know, and they value the position, though. And, and typically for an organization, look, quarterback or good quarterback play means a, a lot of dollars and cents for a team. But, yeah. you know, when you had the elite running backs, you know, the Emmett Smith, the Terrell Davises, and all those guys, you know, back in a different era, or whatever, and I'm leaving out guys, you know, Barry, I mean, and go on and on and on, Thurman, mm-hmm. but they had boxes in which you had three linebackers. You had eight, sometimes nine man boxes. You had safeties weighing 225, yeah. uh, knocking you out, Christian Okoye. Those are linebackers. Um, right, right. But <laughs> now you have two linebackers, you have a nickel defense out there. You can block it to the running back, doesn't even get touched until he's into the secondary, if you want to. So I don't know why they're devaluing the position. I, I think this position can make a big difference to offenses in today's NFL. Especially if you're an offense that doesn't have a top-tier quarterback. Right. Like, right. if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, I'd never pay a running back. I have Mahomes. I don't need to. Mm-hmm. But if I'm the New York Giants and Daniel Jones is my quarterback, God damn it, I'm going to need as many good players as possible <laughs> to make sure he plays well. Jeez. Let's talk receivers on the other side. I know that's your expertise. These guys get paid, so we'll be more happy in that segment. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe 
Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. You can place a no-run first-inning wager with confidence at BetMGM. Make a no-run first-inning prop bet on any Friday MLB game. If only one run is scored in the first, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $20. Take big swings all season long with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Log into your account or sign up with BetMGM today. BetMGM and GameTouch remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus to wager new and existing customer offer opt-in required. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Offer not available in D.C., Kansas, Mississippi, Nevada, and New York. Welcome back. We're fired up here on the Lombardi line. It's Mike Pritchard. I'm Femi Abebefe hanging out at the Circle Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Coming up in the next segment to start hour number two, Vinny Maiulo, Hall of Fame odds maker at the South Point Hotel Casino, will join us. But, Pritch, we wanted to talk some wide receivers right now. And we do have these interesting props about division-leading wide receivers. I believe this is for yards. So who will mm-hmm. lead the division in yards? NFC East, NFC West, NFC North, NFC South, all the divisions. So on the NFC side... Your favorite in the East is C.D. Lamb at plus 160. Mm-hmm. Favorite in the West, Cooper Cup, minus 225. In the North, it's Justin Jefferson at minus 360. That is a heavy price. And then in the South, it's Chris Olave at plus 150. When you look at the NFC, do any of these names kind of jump out to you? Is there any longer shot bet here, or would you kind of stay near the top of the board? Um, I, For the majority of the conference, you know, it depends on the division for sure, but staying at the top of the board – um, uh, you know, especially at NFC North. Like, how are you going to bet against Justin Jefferson, uh, to be mm-hmm. honest with you? Um, NFC South, I, I think, could be wide open. You know, I Drake London. If Ritter hits, you know, and, you know, you yeah. got a Drake London, again, you taking the receivers are taking leaps forward from year one to year two. It's not steps, it's leaps, especially if you're a good one. And Pitts back out there, uh, that would be interesting because, you know, nobody from Tampa scares you, right? Um, Not with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) I mean, Alave, I get it because of Derek Carr, but there's got to be some relationship building going on, some trust going on uh, between D. Carr and and, and Alave. And we know about D. Carr, too. I mean, he's reluctant to thread a needle. He's reluctant Mm -hmm. to throw the ball if if it's a high-traffic situation. Uh, So, you know, just from a tendency standpoint, I'd avoid Alave in that division uh, longer down the board, Drake London, it looks appealing from the NFC South. The NFC East, uh, A.J. Brown, I, I think A.J. Brown, who is just outside of my top five, could be a top five receiver uh, in the league, you know, outside of soft tissue injuries and yeah. maybe uh, not interested at times because they're running the rock a lot. Uh, he's going to have plenty of opportunity, uh, I-, I believe. You know, C.D. Lamb, with Kellen Moore being such a pass-happy type of coordinator, now you got McCarthy who – Wants to run the ball a little bit more. You got Brandon Cooks, too. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, he has number 88. I get it. A lot of attention. Uh, I just think A.J. Brown might have a, a, a more opportunity. Terry, Terry McLaurin, too, in that offense, what Eric's going to do, Eric Bien-Me, uh, depending on the quarterback. But that's that's a that's a longer shot because of that quarterback. But, no, I, I A.J. Brown, to me, uh, is not the greatest. So plus 175 uh, from an NFC East standpoint would be where I would look. Yeah, McLaurin is the one that jumped out to me mm-hmm. at eight to one right yeah. now for the Commanders, just because Sam Howell. What if he's good? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with kind of Desmond Ritter and, and Drake London. Right. If Howell's really good, 
I think the commanders have good enough pieces around them to that offense can maybe be a really productive offense with Eric Bieniemy now as the offensive coordinator. So you have enough change to where I think there's maybe some variables to play to the upside of mm-hmm. a McLaurin or maybe even a Jahan Dotson if you really believe in him at the longer price of 22 to 1. But I would look to kind of fade C.D. Lamb in this market because I think Dallas is going to be more ball controlled on offense yeah. to try to protect the defense and stuff like that. And like people will argue about like, oh, should they do that? Should they not? I don't care. That's probably what they're going to do. So it's like I think C.D. Lamb is leading the NFC East in receiving yards. Maybe he's a rightful favorite, but I don't know if he should. Actually, I don't think he's the rightful favorite. I think A.J. Brown should probably yeah. be the favorite in that market. But then you have Devontae Smith that's right behind A.J. Mm-hmm. Brown there. So maybe those kind of two guys can cannibalize each other. Both those guys are my top 20, by the way. They are. Right? Really good receivers. But <laughs> McLaurin at 8-1, to one, I think, is interesting. Yeah. In the north, for me, do you take a flyer on like a Christian Watson? Big play receiver. He is. Yeah. Had a had a handful of 100-yard receiving games last season. New quarterback now with Jordan Love. Now there's going to be some hiccups early on there for Love being a first-year starter and all that. But maybe you take a flyer on him as being that kind of that big play guy, average about 15 yards per catch a season yeah. ago. You know, one of the things that you hit me on with uh, this quarterback on Netflix, mm-hmm. you see the relationship between Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins? Yeah. I mean, that's the relationship I'm talking about to where, you know, Kirk is looking for this guy oh, yeah. to make a play. Like, he made one throw to Thielen. It was a double cross in the red zone. He was locked on, Justin. And when the Reed told him to go to Thielen all along, and he got there late and still was a touchdown. But he, he sometimes, because Justin Jefferson is so good, uh, and, and that to me, like, I mean, that, that, so from a betting standpoint, you're betting that love could develop that type of relationship with Christian Watson mm-hmm. and get ahead of Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> it's a big um, hole to climb out of. <laughs> yeah, like NFC West, DK Metcalf at plus 380 is good value to me because Cooper mm-hmm. Cup and Matthew Stafford have that special relationship, but <sighs> Stafford might not make it. Yeah, the is he playing 17 year. games? Yeah, yeah. They have already, I mean, Colin Coward, if you believe him or not, they already tried to you know do something with the contract. Yeah. Um, but DK Metcalf at plus 380 with Geno. And now you got Smith and Jigba. I mean, maybe you think about opportunity. You can even go Tyler Lockett at mm-hmm. plus 550. Uh, you know, Debo, the quarterback situation in San Francisco. And, and, but that's it. I, there's probably plenty of opportunity in the NFC West. Uh, but you have the upside of DK because I, I think he can climb into a top 10 category from, you know, just the specimen that he is. Uh, and then Tyler Lockett, certainly the consistency that he has, too. Uh, there's an opportunity, I think, uh, if you like those numbers, uh, that value right there for those receivers. Do you see any value in the AFC? Uh, the AFC East odds are off the board, by mm. the way, over at DraftKings. But we can bet on the North, <laughs> the South, and the West. Right. And the North, the favorite is Jamar Chase at minus 250. That makes a lot of sense. In the South, it's Calvin Ridley, 2-1. to one. Mm-hmm. And in the West, is Devontae Adams at minus 120. I honestly, I don't see a ton of value here just at first glance. Right. Uh, maybe somebody will jump out to me, but does anybody jump out to you? I mean, I would hate to go here, but D Hop <laughs> plus 380, because what if Tannehill is healthy the entire year? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I like Christian and Kirk at same price. I, if for my money, if I'm betting it, I, I'd side with Christian and Kirk because of the yeah. upside of Trevor you're, Lawrence. You're a Christian Kirk guy. Yeah. yeah. He's a top. What did I have? I have in the top in, 12, top yeah, 15. Top 12, yeah. Yeah. So, and a lot of people I think are sleeping on that, you know, and the upside of, of Trevor Lawrence a little bit more too. But, you know, you do have Calvin Ridley coming back and he is, he is crushing it from what everybody's su- suggesting. Uh, but Kirk already has a relationship with Trevor and, you know, uh, we'll see what the relationship building is going to be with Ridley. Um, Outside of that, yeah, AFC West, I mean, Devontae is going to run away with it, in my opinion. Yeah, that's tough to fade Devontae. Mm-hmm. Like, he's he's really good, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just really and good. And without Josh Jacobs at camp, I mean, I, I don't – you know, 200 look. targets. <laughs> right. And and he's got a compliment. You know, Jacoby Myers, you know, Devontae last year for what he did, double-digit touchdowns, what, 14? Mm-hmm. He didn't really have a number two wide receiver. Now he does uh, with Jacoby. So – uh, I, I think that enhances his game a little bit more than Jamar Chase. I mean, Mari Cooper could make a run for it, depending on the upside yeah. of Deshaun. You think about that just from a stat standpoint, right? Uh, because collectively, uh, it's going to look spectacular for Cincinnati. But, you know, depending on the relationship between Deshaun and Amari, and this is really, from a betting standpoint, what you can focus in on from the insiders because they have access 
throughout training camp as opposed mm-hmm. during the regular season, you have 10 minutes. But now you have the entirety of camp, the entirety of practice to really uh, develop relationships and, and, and get some inside information. So focusing in on insiders, I think, is going to be key, and it can help out some of these betting situations for you as well. I just would not want to fade Jamar Chase just because you talked about the relationship that Kirk Cousins has with Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. And those guys even go back to college. Right. And Joe Burrow has been quoted saying, hey, man, bleep it. Jamar down there somewhere. Like, you know, he's just going to throw the ball if he sees Chase. If it's one-on-one coverage, it's an automatic target to Jamar Chase. Hell, if it's double coverage, sometimes we'll throw it and say Jamar's down there somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I just think that, like, they have such good chemistry and – they're a really good team to where I think they're going to be really explosive, those two guys. I mean, Chase, yeah. I mean, the guy had like double-digit touchdowns last season. He missed like four or five games. Like, yeah. He's just ridiculous with think, what he's able to do. I think from a flyer standpoint, George Pickens, 20-1. to 1. High upside with him. Yeah. Incredibly talented. Yeah, very, very, very talented. But it's Pittsburgh, and do they want to open up the playbook? You know, and, and that's what you're betting against, or you're, you're fighting that, I think, if you are attracted to George Pickens, though. You know what this segment taught me is that not a whole lot of great pass catchers in the AFC South. <laughs> right. I look at that thing. I'm like, damn, Michael Pittman's the second shot? Woo. Nice player, but come on, man. What are we yeah. doing in the AFC South? Uh, that is the receiving leaders for our division's odds, courtesy of DraftKings. We begin hour number two on the other side. Vinny Mayulo joining us next. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 